0: Welcome back to episode 19 of the Rally Report podcast. We have another returner to the pod joining me today and lots of spicy news that's been happening around the squash community and thought, who better to do it than the man himself? I'd say he's the one of the best movers in the game and just all in all, a good dude uh, who's really storming up the rankings. Spencer Lovejoy, welcome back. How are you?
1: Hey, Sean. How's it going? I'm uh, you know happy to be here uh, second time around <laughs> but, uh, after our first... Uh, podcast
0: with your boyfriend <laughs> yeah was uh was no, uh, a wild one
1: <laughs> yeah it definitely was a good time so <laughs> but you, yeah no i ha- running it back here had
0: to have you back on as on a one-on-one interview but i mean first of all i need to start off with an apology for robbing spencer from watching the windy city open i think it's the quarterfinals right now that's happening yeah man
1: i was just watching Tarek <laughs> and uh Tatsuki go at it it was
0: one all and then oh sh- it's one all
1: yeah, it's one all in games. It's a tight one.
0: Oh fuck! Okay, uh, yeah. I'm sure we're, we'll both be running off right after this
1: interview. to we'll have to check the live scores so, uh, midway through the podcast. I
0: actually just pull it up here midway mid- august but yeah, I just want to start. We actually before I start things off, who do you have winning in the Windy City Open?
1: Windy City. So it's it's Marwan uh, versus uh, Youssef. Yeah, tomorrow. And then Tarek or no Tarek or versus versus um, who is that? Joel, there? Macon,
0: was, and Paul Cole. And Paul, yeah, right.
1: Mm. Yeah, honestly, I haven't seen much of Joel or Paul play. Obviously, been really impressed with Yusef's play over this week. <laughs> yeah, he's been unbelievable. That win over Shurbagi was like I was
0: that was nuts. I
1: was honestly like I was speechless after that one. Yeah. Um, and then he played really well in the next round against Eker. I was pretty impressed with the way he backed up his. Uh, victory against um against Mo but, Well yeah I thought I,
0: I I always thought it was kind of a fluke and then I saw him this time when he's sitting I was like okay he just is a seems No to, man
1: he's beaten Mohammed 3 times in a seems row to now He's
0: figured him out like knows exactly how to like Mohammed has not figured him out <laughs> seems to be yeah. the case
1: well, um, I love his style though his style is so fun to watch and yeah. entertaining um, but I don't know I'm going to have to go with It's tough because we don't know who's won this match. Uh,
0: <laughs> you don't want <have> to say
1: <laughs> it. and Tarek. Suzuki has game ball right Ooh, now, the third, as we speak. I'd like to see Suzuki win, honestly.
0: I can, I can see I mean, him winning. I, I put him as one of my wild wins, cards.
1: Wins, uh, if he wins this match, I think he could definitely take it. Um, Marwan Shabagi was really good yesterday, too, so...
0: Yeah, mm, I mean, uh, I, I just also feel like he always beats Farag, so it wasn't like yeah, a shocker a of a result. He's yeah, got
1: Farag's number that's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the winner of this match. I think. Oh,
0: between Momen and Daduki takes it all.
1: Yeah, I think whoever wins this match is gonna win the tournament.
0: Gotcha. So okay. <laughs>
1: all
0: right, we got the prediction here first, but yeah, I wanted to start things off with the uh, men's CSA nationals last week that you clearly were the main commentator, uh, no shade to the others, but why don't we start off with how you felt about commentating and how you felt about that entire final situation?
1: Yeah, honestly, commentating was a really good time. Um, I had a blast just watch. I was gonna go watch the matches anyway. Yeah. And then I got an email from David Pullman asking you know, if they need some extra commentators. So uh, I hopped right on it. Uh, and yeah, Timmy and I did Kind of the first two rounds, and then on Sunday I uh, commented with Richard Millman, who's also you know really knowledgeable about squash. Um, and yeah, I uh, I thought the the finals was um, it was a great match um, from both sides. I think I think Penn was definitely a little more uh, worn out from the tournament. They had a tougher road for sure going through Drexel and Yale, and then Harvard, kind of having a two easier matches so i think i thought harvard was fresher going into it and so i thought it, i honestly thought it could be a toss toss up going to the finals 50 50 and um yeah i mean it was so close there were so many five gamers um and obviously there's a bit of controversy in the douglas versus crew yeah. match
0: and which you on. posted as well on squash stories yeah, with Scott.
1: Sort of, i felt like i had to stir the pot a little bit yeah. after that one because <laughs> it was such a contentious match and if that decision obviously had gone the other way, then Penn would have won the match. So I think, you know, it is an, it's It's definitely an example of how one decision can actually change an entire match. Um, I mean, I know people, some people say, oh, you know, one, one, a match is not decided by a single decision, but it is, there are certain decisions at crucial points that can change an entire match. For sure. Yeah, um, you're right. You're right. Obviously, you know, the players can't do anything about it. The refs, the refs make wrong decisions and that's just part of the game and you have to just accept that. So, um, but I had, you know, multiple conversations with refs and other people about that decision. It seems like a lot of people think it was a no let, um, but you no, know, we'll never <laughs> wait, know. Wait, wait, sure. what's
0: your take on it? On the decision? My take is
1: that that was a no let because Victor played a poor shot in the middle of the court which forced him to have to cover the drop in the front, the short ball in the front. So he moved up a little bit and then Douglas held it and pumped it deep. And so Victor put himself out of position, which caused him to run into Andrew. And there was, I think a line behind Andrew, which he could have taken if he hadn't committed to going forward a little bit to cover the short ball. So I think he put himself in a bad position and Andrew just played his shot and Victor obviously ran into him, but it was because he was out of position. He created his own interference. It wasn't Douglas's fault in any way, really. Um,
0: so yeah. That's
1: my take, you know?
0: How, so but, as someone who lives with the pen guys, are they all feeling a little robbed about that situation and that call? Per, I mean, it's hard particular? not to, for
1: sure. I think yeah. they are feeling a little bit um, like they kind of had the match of the bag maybe. And then something like that can definitely, um, you know, you can definitely ruminate about something like that for a while but I'm sure Gilly has, you know, talked to them a lot about it, and I'm sure that they're all going to learn from the match, and they're going to take positives from it. I think there's, it's tough, but it's always like really important to always try and find the silver lining and um, try and grow from like a brutal loss like that. Because even though it sucks in the moment, losses like that are like are definitely going to make you better if you find a way to um, find a way to. Kind of grow from them,
0: yeah. Actually, speaking of, I, ha- I had a couple Instagram questions asking about that pen scenario, on, and they a lot of people wanted to hear your take on it. And one person in particular, I think, asked about you know this seems to be a common theme with ref controversy at nationals. Do you have any opinions of how things could be done better? You know do you think they should be implementing video I mean, review for the finals?
1: It's tough because they do bring in professional refs. And yeah. The, you know, the guy who's refing that match is that guy, Tamar Nagari, who is one of the PSA refs. Um, so he's, I mean, in my opinion, he's one of the best refs probably on tour. Um, and so I think, I think in general, it's, I think it's dealt with well by, I mean, to have the pro refs there, it's great. Um, video review? I don't know. I mean, it's always great to have the ability to do a video review if they can somehow have the technology for it. Yeah, that's- um, but that's up to David Pullman to, uh, you know, raise some more money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I think it can always be improved if if we have the technology and college squash is always improving and getting more competitive. And at some point, if it's so competitive that these little things kind of make a big difference, then I think they should be implemented.
0: Yeah. Um, how did, how did it feel for you watching all that? And, you know, Yale also coming in third. Uh, yeah. School. Yale.
1: Show yeah. How, Yale did you, show did you
0: feel the itch to go back on court being like, I could kind of, you know, contribute right now to the Yale team. Oh,
1: man, I think I accidentally dropped an F bomb on the, um, <laughs> on the commentary because I was like, um, I was, which, which match in the semifinals when they were playing pen. Cause I was like, my heart was racing for them. You know, <laughs> I almost felt like I was out there and Timmy was like, you know, are you like, are you feeling it right now? Spence? I was like, hey, my, my heart's epic, uh, <laughs> effing racing right now. That was <laughs>
0: <laughs> But does it, does it kind of upset you being like how great of a team they've created over there right now? And you know, if you could have been a part of that, because it's such a deep team Yale has. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, not necessarily. I think that, um, you know, it kind of is what it is. is. You're When you're in college, you're bound to the team that you have, and yeah. you have to do the best with what you have. And sometimes you have a great team, and sometimes the team is, you know, is not as strong, and you work with what you have. And I worked with what I had at Yale, and it was a great experience, and, I tried my best to um, instill a good culture in the team that hopefully they, hopefully the guys still, um, you know, they still kind of, um, they kind of use that culture that I helped create on the team while I was there and other seniors that were there created while we were there. So I think it all kind of builds on on itself. um, And that's why the alums are, I think, get so excited to see that, you know, future teams doing well because they feel that connection obviously to the program and you know they know that they went through those four years and they were part of that team culture and they contributed to that team culture that is today you know um because there's um you know there's so many people that were involved in all of these teams that had a big impact at one point or another and they're part of the history of those teams um so i think no i mean i mean part of me yeah part of me i mean when i was in college i never our team never won a first round at nationals, which was a little tough, but, yeah. Um, and as much as I wish I could have, you know, um, it just didn't happen. And, but I'm, I'm more than happy to see them doing well now. And I'm I'm really happy that Lynn is doing well and Campbell is Lynn and Campbell seem to make a really great, um, duo as like the head and assistant coaches there. And the team seems to buy into their, um, into their style. So it's great. It's great to see. So,
0: yeah. And before we move on, we know that Individuals comes right after Nationals. Um, I wanted to put you on the spot of who you think is going to win Individuals.
1: So I was having a conversation with uh, Sabrina Sobey today. Uh Um, We were just hanging out after our morning training. And we were both like, if Yusef wins the Windy City Open, if I'm Yusef, I take that prize money and I pull out of Individuals because (laughs) – it's like twenty. If you win the Windy City Open, yeah, twenty five grand or something, right? Um, and you're not allowed to take that if you're a college student.
0: Oh so my god!
1: How, if you so, were, were to take the money, he would become un- ineligible to play individuals. But if I'm Yusuf and I win the Windy City Open, I don't think there's any reason for me to play individuals. That's a
0: phenomenal point. That's a phenomenal point. Uh, uh, how much has he secured already? In making it to the semis,
1: semi finalist, I think at least fifteen grand or so.
0: Get out of here! I mean, I, I'm I'm pulling out. You got to pull I mean, out.
1: <laughs> pull up the numbers for you, you won. I have the.
0: Uh, yeah, that would be that would be fantastic.
1: <laughs> I, have the, I have the information here.
0: That's crazy! If he has to give up, because you know, you know, the prize money doesn't come. The
1: tournament loves it. The tournament loves it because they get the money back. <laughs> the Walter family will be thanking you. when doesn't accept the prize money.
0: That's so funny! Uh, I didn't even think about that angle.
1: Yeah, it's a funny. Oh wow, this is actually a big. Oh, this is a bigger pot, actually. Um, yeah. So the semifinalists get uh, thirteen thousand three hundred bucks. Yeah. Runner up gets twenty two thousand, and the winner gets thirty five thousand.
0: Wow. A big difference
1: the I personally
0: do think Yusuf could make it to the finals on this one. I think I he has a great chance. Wow, and. He is the top seed right now for the individuals, so. I just
1: think that, yeah, I just think that Yusef, maybe in his first final, maybe just not as experienced as whoever he plays yeah. against. So that's the only reason I wouldn't take him in the final, but, and he's I mean, had a, you know, he's had a pretty brutal, um, tournament overall, but, uh, um, yeah. who knows, man, he's unpredictable, so.
0: That would, that, that is, I mean, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up.
1: That's <laughs> your original question. Um, if Yusef plays, Ah, you just never know with him, though, because sometimes in the college matches, he can go a little walkabout, and you know, it's a 19-inch 10 as well versus 17-inch 10, which I think makes a big difference for his like attacking game. Mm. So I think I would have to back... I mean, Marwan won in 2020, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, this is why I think this tournament is so fascinating and it's fun. Very unpredictable. You never know very what you're going to get out of these players. We're all, all top class.
1: Yeah, and I mean, Andrew's right in there, too, I think. Right. He's number three seed, I think. Uh, we won't reveal the seedings, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to do that with Stu tomorrow. But um, yes, I am, yeah. If, if I were to pick one, um, I think I'd go with Victor. I think I'd go with Victor for, for this yeah. year. Because I think he he kind of didn't... Give a great performance in twenty twenty, so I think he might be hungry to kind of reassert himself and get in there and try and win yeah. again. I think it's <laughs> his senior year as well, right? So Yeah. Is it senior year?
0: It is his senior year. He's graduating. I think it is. They're all graduating, I feel like. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean uh, if Usep's on his game and he's playing well, I think he's the favorite for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of CSA and I, I know like not really asked you any personal questions to this point, but you've had quite the career yourself. And I, I know you you've mentioned your process in other interviews, so I don't want to make this too repetitive, but the question I have for you is what was the most memorable win and the loss that hit you the hardest during your time in college?
1: During my time in college. Yeah. And my most memorable win would probably be my, um, my win over
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) um, at Princeton. Uh, That was my senior year. Walk
0: walk us, walk us through this one. Walk us through this one. How are you feeling confidence wise and all that?
1: Yeah. I remember going into the match and um, I think it was pretty close between us and Princeton. It was like, we were both pretty close to the rankings and we had a good shot at winning the match. We all played well. And, um, I just I felt I felt very like um, comfortable on the court that day, and um, his style of play doesn't really wasn't really bothering me. That I actually like playing against attacking players because it gives me a chance to counter in the front. Um like a lot of chances to counter in the front, um, and I actually end up going up um, going up to love, and then he ended up coming back to all, and then yeah. I ended up winning the fifth game. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I just remember feeling like very comfortable on court, very confident. I felt like I was flowing a lot. It was a good, I thought I put on a good performance and I was really happy with the way I played. Obviously, unfortunately the team ended up, I think we ended up losing that match five, four, uh, which is tough, which would, it would have been cool if I would won and we had won the match five, four. But, this is, this uh, is
0: what's always so tough, but also weird about college squash is you can have the biggest win of your life. And, but then yeah. the team loses, so you don't know how yeah. – the, the emotions are, throw you off of how you're supposed yeah, to be sure. feeling at
1: all. No, but. 100%. I mean, I think sometimes when you lose and then the team wins, you're, you you kind of get bailed out, you know, and you feel, yeah. you feel good. But then when you win and the team loses, it's kind of like, okay, you're happy you won, but then the team morale is kind of lower. So, it, you know, it doesn't yeah. feel great. And if you lose <laughs> and the team loses, then you're just
0: – It's just a double, Yeah. <laughs> But <laughs> how about your, the toughest loss
1: for you? Your- my toughest loss, the one that comes to mind is probably, um, against Kush Kumar. Um, I think that was my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at Yale on court three, which is the three wall glass court, um, to the right as you go in. Um, and I remember it was, it was a pretty tight match with Trinity. It was either six, three or five, four. We lost. Um, and I was playing number one against Kush, um, who's a good deal older, older than me. Um, and I was also coming off an injury and kind of like, I was kind of struggling to get my momentum back that year. I had, um, I had a hip flexor injury and I also had appendicitis earlier in the uh, season. Mm -hmm. I had to get my appendix removed. And so that was um, kind of like over December, I was like recovering and then started getting back into it in January. I think we played Trinity towards the end of January, but I was just starting to feel good on court again. And I had, I had been struggling before that to like play well. And then I played against Kush and he's obviously a really good player. Um, Really um, like really strong around the middle, very accurate in the front court. He's got good holds. Um, And I just remember it going like, back and forth. It was one of those five game matches where you win the first game, or I think he won the first game. I won the second game. He won the third game. I won the fourth game. And then the fifth was just like nip and tuck point for point. Yeah. And I still distinctly remember this point um, at the very end of the match where I think, I think he had, or I think I, we were tied up at nine all and I went up 10, nine and I, I we just played like a really long rally. I'd gone up ten nine. I gave like a massive fist pump. Like all the all the boys were like cheering. It was like a really good atmosphere. And then I serve, and he puts it straight in the nick oh. off the cross court. Um, and I was just like, Jesus man, that's, <laughs> that really hurt, you know. And then I think we went, went for a point for point for. it went twelve all thirteen all. And I think he won 15, fifteen thirteen the fifth or something like that. Oh yikes. Um, so that was a pretty painful one. Um, it just—it still—it definitely still sticks in my mind. <laughs> there was another one, too. Actually, uh, actually, there were two others. I had some painful losses in college.
0: <laughs> Let's get into it. Which which one are you referring to?
1: So there was another one where I pl- I was playing, I was playing Sod from Harvard. I think these were my these two were my junior. No, these were my, my uh, sophomore junior. I can't remember Sod from Harvard. I had three match balls in the fifth game. 10-7. Ended up losing that 12-10 or 13-11. Oh. And then Ashley Davies, I was up 6-love in the fifth game. After yeah. getting shot, the first two, I lost like 11-3, 11-3. Uh-huh. Came back, won the next two games. He was starting to get tired. I was up 6-actually, remember this distinctly. I was up 6-love in the fifth game. and the Actually, I was up 5-love. And the referee gave um, Ashley a conduct point um for arguing with like arguing with him Uh arguing too much with the ref (laughs) and like it and so i was up six love in the fifth and like that fired him up so much like he got like this adrenaline rush and like he just like came back and then all of a sudden it was like six all and then we were like point for point like nine all and then i think he won like 11-9 or something which was devastating oh my god
0: i mean who would have thought the ref giving conduct
1: (laughs) yeah it's one of those situations where you're like shit, man, like if the ref had <laughs> just not intervened, maybe I would have won that match. Why well, do you have to
0: yeah, step <laughs> in there? Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah. Yeah. I had the 6 level lead, so I shouldn't have blown it. <laughs> yeah, so those are my three yeah. lost.
0: But, I mean, I, have, I want to talk to you about the CSA in particular because I think it's fascinating to me, and I think this does apply to you especially because I think it really happened from your arrival where the level of play just became world-class. And now we got yeah. a situation where the best kids in the world are not going straight professionally but coming to the US college to compete and also juggle the pro circuit and I'm I'm setting all this up because I wanted to ask you did the rise of other players in the rankings get to you in a negative way or do you think it just
1: you know put fuel to the fire You mean the rise of players in like like highly ranked PSA players coming to college
0: I, I guess I'm asking did you try doing more pro tournaments because of seeing, you know, other kids making it.
1: Uh, I see. see. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think so. Honestly, Um, it was like you said, like it was always a goal of mine to go pro and play pro and it was all part of my, you know, my plan. Um, My plan was to up my ranking while I was in college so that I could um, be in a good position to start playing pro when I graduated. Um, And I, you know, I think I did, pretty well at that. You know, I, I told you previously that I had goals of, you know, reaching a certain ranking um, by the time I graduated. And yeah, I, I mean, I never really, I never really focused on, you know, what the other players were doing, how their rankings were, because I, I, I have no control over that. Right. Um, obviously, it's, um, I think it's pretty impressive that players like Yusuf and um, Victor have been able to get such high rankings while in college, Um, especially with the workload and everything. They travel so much and they miss a lot of school and it's really difficult. I know it's difficult because I also traveled. I didn't travel as far as them for some tournaments, but it was still difficult for me to keep up with the workload when I was traveling for tournaments during college. Um, But So that's really amazing what they've done. Um, And I think you're right. I think only it's only going to get stronger and more players in college are going to probably start playing PSA while they're in college. And there's going to be more highly ranked PSA players in college as we progress. And as college squash gets stronger.
0: Yeah. So you were able to just block out whatever everyone else is doing. Yeah. You just went your path. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I just never really, I just never really used that as a motivation for myself. I was always, I always knew I didn't know, but I mean, I was always working on the things that I needed to work on to improve, um, and trying to improve my level, trying to improve my ranking, um, so that I could get better, not so that I could catch up with, um, mm-hmm. other players. Um, right. Cause I think when you start playing that game, it's, you're, you're just kind of digging yourself into a hole because you're not really focusing on what you need to do to improve your level, which is what's going to cause your ranking to improve. Um, as a, as an effect. Um, so by focusing on, you know, what other players are doing and how other players are doing it, just, I don't know. It's just not very, not yeah. very productive um, overall. Uh, so, you know, I think about it very matter of factly. It, it, if it's helpful for me, I, I do it. If it's unhelpful for me, I don't do it. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, and it's, it's been what a year or two since you fully transitioned as a professional now.
1: Uh, um, it's been, so I graduated in 2020 and then, um, we had a year of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I started playing pro, I tried to play tournaments during COVID. There weren't many, but, so I've technically been a full-time pro since, um, the summer of 2020, uh, but really
0: since like 2021 because...
1: I would say, yeah, I would say I've been probably pro since I would qualify from the beginning of 2021 because that's when they're really worst. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's
0: take out the 2020 year.
1: Yeah. Let's just, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can that one.
0: But, um, yeah. How are you, how are you feeling right this very moment with your game and squash and your decision to have yeah, gone I mean, pro?
1: Yeah, like pretty much a year, a year from going pro. I, I feel like I've made a lot of progress over the last year for sure. Um, there's so many positives to take away that I think get lost and, um, you know, always tending to focus on what you don't have rather than what you do have. Um, but I think over the last year, obviously my rankings improved, um, which is just kind of, you know, it's proof of my hard work that I've done off the court. Um, and being at the National Center has been like a dream come true. Um, we've been working really hard over there. Physically, I've definitely improved a lot. Uh, mentally, I think I've gotten tougher. Technically, I think I've um, I've definitely pinpointed parts of my game that can be improved and trying to chip away at that as well. So yeah, working on, I'm really working on all the, um, all the different parts of my game that I need to be a top pro. And I, I, um,
0: is there a specific thing you're working on right now that you'd like to share or is this confidential?
1: We got to keep that, uh, we got to keep that in the, uh, um, <laughs> <in> the notebook. <laughs> no, but I mean, um, if, if, if I, I, I would give, uh, kind of just a, just
0: a hint of a dab of a,
1: kind of a general <laughs> idea of it. Um, just working on being, uh, more severe, um, in the front court, um, really st- still working on controlling the rallies with the basics. Um, and, just having such a solid base, base physicality and base game that I feel like I can control the rallies and create opportunities. And then trying to work on, um, taking those opportunities, uh, with, um, more severity and more aggression, um, trying to string together, um, string together, um, uh, multiple like, good attacks, um, and just overall improving. The um, just the level of my squash. Um, so well, Spence, yeah, that I was mean,
0: so incredibly broad. <laughs> none of your none of the, but it's like <laughs> really you
1: know,
0: not giving it's, away it's,
1: anything there. You can go talk to Ong <laughs> Beng Hee if you want to know about that. <laughs> He'll probably tell you. Um, so no, you, you I mean, moved
0: to Philly last fall, right? Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, yeah, last fall. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, in terms of like. Physically, we've been doing a lot in the, we've been doing so much in the gym. We have a a strength trainer. Her name is Bridget. Um, She works over at Drexel. Um, And so in the off season, we were going four times a week in the gym with her, just working on being more explosive, um, you know, gaining some muscle, uh, very squash specific stuff as well. Um, We really hit like a little bit of everything, just trying to become better athletes overall so that, you know, we can use that on the washboard and then with bang he we work on our technique and our technical um stuff there's so many details um you know i could probably talk for hours about it yeah um but yeah um i would say overall the main thing i'm working on is just uh just continuing to nail the, the basics um and becoming more severe attacking the front court um, and the back court is using my length. as more of an attacking shot rather than just the defense kind of a neutral or a defensive shot, um, something to keep the rally going, but really um, being the, trying to become the aggressor in the rally and control from the middle of the court. Um, so, yeah,
0: it seems incredible what you guys are building over there in the spec specter center with the team USA, but it also seems like a trial and error process with everything being new. Are you very happy with, where you guys are stationed or have you, has it ever come to you of like, maybe I want to move elsewhere for your home base?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously the Spectre Center is an amazing center, but there's, I mean, there's always going to be bumps in the road along the way of, of something, something that's so new and so, um, kind of revolutionary. And just trying to figure out how, um, how it's going to function. and Is it going to be a right, is it going to be a good fit? I definitely, I've definitely thought I had thoughts. of yeah. Okay. Is this, you know, is this the right place to, to be? Um, and I've thought, you know, maybe I want to try somewhere, you know, try to lo- be located in the UK or, you know, there's so many other great, um, trading bases for pros, but I think, um, I, I mean, I've really loved my time here in Philly so far. Um, and, and like, like I already said, there's have been, you know, bumps along the road and, um, there are going to continue to be obstacles that we'll need to cross um, in our in our training and in, in our structure how we structure things um, with with Banghi with um, you know Bridget with them with the planning of our training. Um, but in terms of being in the city, I, I mean, I love being in Philly. It's close to you know where I, I'm from in New Haven, um, only like a three hour drive. So I like that it's close in proximity to my parents, and um, I can kind of go back and see them when I want and I like the city overall. I have a bunch of friends here, so the social life is good. Um, and then just also, I think just being part of the Spectre center in kind of the greater, um, like the greater cause is something that I've thought about a lot in the past couple months is, um, kind of being a part of this new wave of American players coming through and trying to inspire, um, a next w- another younger wave to come up and join us uh, at the Spectre Center it has been something that I've really thought about a lot, and has definitely motivated me in like you know a greater way. Not ra- not just it's not just myself like um, getting better because I want to get better. It's getting better because I want to inspire other juniors to come and play pro, come and work on our game, um, so that we can build something as a as a team you know um build a stronger team usa and really be players in the world stage um so i think that's like one vision that we have over at the specter center and at u.s squash is someday maybe you know whether it's 10 20 years from now having the us be you know the number one uh country in squash and having been kind of the first like pioneer of like you know timmy and i kind of being like the first Two guys who on the top of the, yeah, I think Timmy and I will some back someday, like you know, be having a whiskey together and just reminiscing about the good old days when we were kind of like the only two guys uh training Mm -hmm. at the center. And you know, 20 years from now, uh, we'll be looking back, and there's going to be like probably, I mean, if I could guess, there's going to be you know, so many like talented junior American players who are going to be training at the center, so looking. At that and kind of i mean obviously it's a big jump and you know it's going to take a lot of hard work from us and from u.s squash and but i think that vision is like really clear within the u.s um within u.s squash and within us and we really want to help to create that as a reality um so i think yeah. it's just you know, this is a great cause overall and we have an opportunity to really like make it happen so i think that that's a really worthy cause and something that i want to you know i want to contribute to so that's
0: that's really well said yeah i think that's really well said yeah.
1: um a little well, more well said than what i'm working on my game right now <laughs> <laughs> um
0: yeah so if i were to ask you if the specter center wasn't there and where would have you where would you have been do you think have you thought about that yeah
1: that's an interesting question um i don't know man i mean I probably would have looked for like internationally. Um, I've trained in Barcelona. I really liked it there. Uh, Barcelona, global squash, Victor, Montserrat, Iker, Pajares, and all the Spanish guys over there. I trained yeah. there for two summers. I definitely thought about like moving there, um, when I graduated and then I definitely would have checked out like some of the bases in England for sure. Um, and I mean, I think the great thing about being based here as well is that. We also have the ability to still. Kind of branch out like go train other places for like a week or two if we want you know um right like for example in march i'm going to play a tournament in uh liverpool england and i'm going to go train at nick matthews club for like the week before um so i mean the, the fact that we travel for tournaments so much it gives us a, an opportunity to still get access to training in some like different environments with some different players um yeah so you kind of get the best of both worlds um But, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I guess, yeah, I mean, Barcelona would have been uh, an option. Um, I probably would have, I mean, maybe I would have thought about just staying in, like, Connecticut, in the Connecticut area, um, or, like, somewhere close to New York. um, But who knows? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's perfect, perfect fucking
0: timing for you guys just transition to pro and have have everything uh, built up. Um, Yeah, exactly. Spence, what has been the toughest part about being on the tour so far as someone who's a year in, a year fully in?
1: Yeah. I mean, it can be a tough life at points, um, for sure. I would say one of the toughest things is, um, kind of the travel, if you're traveling to a tournament alone, um, or like, you know, you're in a place where you don't really know anyone or, um, you know, or, you know, you lose first round of a tournament in like a random country and like, you don't know really what to do. Like, you know, those are the dark moments of living on tour that, you know, it happens to everyone's happened to me before it's happened to yeah. every other pro out there. You know, you go to a tournament on your own, like you get there and you lose first round and then you're like, well, shit, man, um, what do I do now? Um, you know, you collect, you didn't collect much prize money from it, you didn't collect many points yeah. and. So that can be tough mentally and like it can be tough to kind of like keep your faith at that point. Sometimes you just you know, you're like you start questioning yourself, why am I, you know, what why am I doing this? Or uh, yeah, the deep
0: dark thoughts start to Yeah, exactly. In. But
1: then, you know, you have to come back to you know, why why you play and all the like these things I just mentioned, like the kind of the greater purpose right. what's your greater purpose for playing squash, you know? Um, are you doing it for yourself, or are you doing it for other people, you know, who are you doing it for? Um, <laughs> Right. That helps me. Um, Wait,
0: Spence. I, I got, I'm dying to ask this right now because it just I just it just came up in my mind. Yeah, for sure. When you go to these tournaments internationally, do you pack your bags as if you're going to the final and winning it all?
1: Yeah, of course. All, you bring enough.
0: You all. You always bring everything. All the gear. Oh,
1: sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Well, that's another thing. Like booking flights and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that can be like a little annoying sometimes because you know you want to back yourself to make it to the final. Right. Um, so, you know, you book your flight from two days before the tournament to the day after the tournament or the night after the final or, and then sometimes you lose, lose early. So, um, you either like try and stay there and, you know, kind of train with other players or you have to change your flight, like take the, um, kind of just bite the cost of like changing flight and then, um, going back early. That's another like difficult part. Um, another thing. Another I mean another thing that I've kind of struggled with a little bit I would say is kind of just the um like the financial aspect can be tough at times um just because um just cuz sometimes it's hard uh when you know you see all your friends kind of out there like making bank and or whatever you know doing uh you know doing finance and making a bunch of money and then you know, maybe, you know, you're not making as much as them. So, yeah. you know, you can tend to kind of maybe just think, you know, is this the right decision? Is this not? But, um, so that can be, I think for, for me, sometimes that's, that's a little bit of a, a factor, but at the end of the day, I'm doing something I love. And, um, I'm trying sure, to like figure s- out how to...
0: Most of them are miserable sitting down.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, there's always trade offs, right? So, yeah. um, I mean, I'm doing something I love and, I'm trying to make it profitable. So, um, you know, I think, I mean, I always take the finances into, into, um, consideration because I never want to be doing stuff that is going to lose me, lose me money. But sometimes you, sometimes you have to, when you're on tour, you have to go to a tournament that's far away and you're going to maybe lose money on it or that's expensive. Um, so it's just part of gaining experience and, um, so I try to keep a good attitude around do, that. And just do you budget
0: down out. to the cent? Yeah. Like, are you very? Uh... I
1: do. I do go back and um, you know take my expenses from my tournaments and try and keep track of um, everything I spent, so that you know for taxes. I mean, this is my first year. Like, I'm doing my own taxes, which is kind of wild. Um, so yeah, I yeah I, actually,
0: same here. I just submitted my. I was like, Oh, I get money back. I didn't know this was a thing.
1: Yeah, I think for squash players, it's especially important to keep track of oh. the expenses yeah. so that you can write off um, their expenses um, to kind of offset your taxes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've gone back to, you know, all my tournaments from 2021 and kept, kept track of, you know, every expense that I used at those tournaments and, um, t- tallied it up and, you know, I'll submit that with my tax, uh, documents and everything. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but in terms of like the lifestyle, I, I, I love the lifestyle of being a pro kind of, you know, because you kind of get to make your own hours. Um, you basically work out for a living. Like, you go to the gym, like, Can't you, complain higher, about that. <laughs> you do some fitness, you know, I yeah. mean, you know, the, the cardio can be difficult sometimes, but, yeah. um, Uh, and then you get to play a game, you know, you get to play a game, you know, for me, one thing I've been doing on the side as well as, um, to make a little extra cash is doing some exhibition matches. Um, so shout out anyone out there who wants to do an exhibition match with me. (laughs) Hit up, hit up Spencer for, yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, you know, I've enjoyed kind of just figuring out how, um, how I can, um, you know, support myself, um whether it's kind of getting new sponsors and making some partners. I think that's a really cool part of being a pro athlete or a pro squash player is that you get to work with businesses, um, who like might want to partner with you. Um, and you get to, you know, you kind of like you advertise for them. You can do such stuff on social media, yeah. um, which I think is pretty fun. Um, and you know, you build, you can build relationships that way, um, which can be cool. And, um, just, Doing exhibition matches, meeting new people yeah. at new clubs is awesome.
0: I was going to talk to you about sponsorships, anyways, because I I wanted yeah. to bring it up. Because I mean, first of all, I'm in I'm in no place to tell or judge how other players should go about tackling sponsorships. But to be quite honest, it seems like you're killing it in that department. And is there a unique approach or some yeah, wisdom true. you could share?
1: it appears that way at least
0: <laughs> i mean is there some ways because i'm sure there are players in the top 100 who are like have one racket sponsorship and are you know barely yeah. making it and then you know you're out here being proactive
1: to be honest like just being a good person like and being having a good attitude like goes a really long way with mm-hmm. sponsors and just really showing that you care um about their brand like you care about what they're doing you kind of like identify with their vision as a company um, and that you're going to do what it takes to do your part in whatever the partnership is um, that you're making the effort to really give to them um, and showing like what you can provide. Um, Cause at the end of the day, uh, being in a partnership or sponsorship with an athlete, it's, it's a business agreement and they're giving you something in exchange for something else. Um, mm-hmm. And as athletes, uh, as squash players, you know, we don't get as much, exposure on national television or um stuff like other um kind of more high high profile athletes get but you know we do have um the power of social media these days and so yeah. that's something that I've tried to cultivate uh, and it seems to be working um I'm trying to continue cultivating uh that um and just again trying to find companies that um uh, who like me as a person who um, want to support me as a squash player and who I want to support as a company yeah. who I think they have a good vision. Um, cause I never want to partner with a company that I don't really, um, believe in or, you know, yeah, uh, I don't really have any ties to, I don't think that's, right. uh, morally like, um, I wouldn't want to do that.
0: I mean, we could be seeing the first uh, Squash influencer out there in the social media world. with Spencer. Well, I don't know. I
1: think Amanda Sobey already has that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to... Saul probably has that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God.
0: His following is unbelievable.
1: Yeah. He's got like 300,000 followers. I don't know how he... Can I don't even know
0: how you can get to that number with Squash, but... Um... I was going to ask, are, is there a day in the life of Spencer video in the works? I know that I saw that Timmy uploaded one.
1: Yeah, Timmy did one. I might have to. I mean, if the people want it, then- I think uh, the people do want it. If people want it, then I'll have to, uh, I'll have to provide it. So um, yeah, Sean, I mean, baby, uh, you've inspired me. I'll, I'll, I'll have to yeah. get to work on that.
0: I think you should. You know, It's step one of influencer is you got to show the day in life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: We just don't, I just can't show them my apartment. That's the only place,
0: you know, <laughs> place in total, uh, total time most of the time. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay, let's, let's, gonna let's transition into the, uh, quick fire segment. Uh, I'm just going to do a bunch of questions to you and then we'll just, you know, casually talk it out. But so let's start off with some squash related ones. You're 10 0 down in the fifth game. Are you the player to go for it or you play it out?
1: I play. I play it out. You play it out. Yeah. Let's try to secure the point. Yeah, exactly. I <laughs> I definitely, no, I wouldn't throw that point or just go for, like, you know, a winner. I would really try and earn the last point. Or,
0: yeah. You
1: know, try and make a comeback. <laughs> or the guy, you know?
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on best of, three?
1: best of three? I like best of three. I think it definitely has a place in squash. Um, NetSuite open.
0: Oh, Canary. I was about to mention. Yeah, you were all yeah, fired.
1: Uh, Canary Wharf, great tournament. So two examples, yeah. great two out of three tournaments. They do it in tennis, but like the non-major tournaments. So yeah, um, no, it definitely has a place on the tour. I think people like watching abbreviate, kind of like the abbreviated um, match length. Do um, you think there should be more of it? I do actually. I think there should be more of it. Um, I don't know exactly what the balance should be, um, but I think there should be, yeah, I think there should be more tournaments yeah. to it. For sure. Um,
0: what are your thoughts on doubles?
1: Doubles as in hardball doubles or doubles on the singles court, like the international style.
0: International. Like style. One,
1: so they, that's the one they play at like the Commonwealth games. and Yeah. Um, Pan Am games. Um, I honestly, I've never played. Um, and I have honestly never watched. I, I mean, I watched some, we actually have a court over at the Spectre center. Um, you ever, I think ever it's, played on that. No, I've actually never even gotten up. I've, hardball, I've actually played hardball doubles a bunch in like the last couple of weeks.
0: Okay. Been, what are your thoughts on hardball doubles then?
1: I actually really like hardball doubles. I think it's like really fun. They have the SDA tour in the All U.S., right. which is yeah. actually a pretty big tour. They have like mixed doubles, like, you know, men's, women's. And I think it's like, it's cool to have that team camaraderie again. You know, uh-huh. you're with a partner rather than just by yourself. And it's a little more social. Yeah. Um, and they actually get massive crowds. Um, like I was yeah. playing 5k at the Philly racket club um, here in Philly a couple of weeks ago. And they had a double, an amateur doubles tournament on. And it was like the last match of the night on like a Friday night. And they had kind of like the beer tap flowing and, you know, everyone was drinking. There were like 50 people, like just watching like these kind of like middle-aged guys just like play. And, the rallies were, like, epic. Like, people were diving yeah. all over the place, like, hitting nicks <laughs> and three-wall bows. And it was pretty uh, – it's pretty entertaining. People get into it. So did that,
0: did that itch you to jump on that SDA tour?
1: Honestly, I think I might play uh, a little yeah. bit. Um, I think it's it's a good way to just kind of change it up. Um, again, like, it's just fun. You know, it's more, more social. Yeah. To follow that
0: up, who would you pick as your partner?
1: Well, I actually talked to—I don't know if you know Celia Pashley. Um, she not. coaches the Sacred Heart uh, Women's uh, Girls um, High School team. Uh, uh-huh. She was here last weekend. We were catching up, and we might be playing the mixed uh, mixed doubles nationals this year if uh, I don't have any uh, oh, wow. conflicts. But yeah, I don't know in terms of uh, in terms of men's doubles. I played with Chris Sackby a couple times. Um, he's the head Canadian? pro Inspector center.
0: Canadian, can- uh, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: He's an older brother. He's the head yeah. pro at the Spectrum Center um, of the club club portion of the uh, the center. And he's a great player. I would definitely pick him as my partner if I played an SDA, then. Yeah.
0: Um, I have to ask you, what are your thoughts on commentating commentators for Squash?
1: And is that something love, that
0: you might want to do yeah. in the future? I mean
1: I love the I love doing it. Um, I mean I got a lot of compliments on it, so I must have done a decent job, I guess. Um so, well, I thought
0: it was, I thought it was great. You know, it brought a more casual atmosphere. When you and yeah, doing for sure. It. And I think that's I think, fu- it's fun. Yeah.
1: You know? Yeah, I think we were trying to kind of strike a balance between kind of keeping it lighthearted as well as ed- still educating kind of yeah. viewers on like what's going on and you know what's the strategy, what's the what's the ta- what are the tactics here, <laughs> what needs to change, what doesn't, you know, um, yeah. strengths and weaknesses, stuff like that. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it was something that came pretty natural to me. I found um, like going into it, I'd never done it before last or two weeks ago, and uh, I just found like it was pretty. It just felt pretty natural for me to talk about squash. So yeah, um, yeah, definitely something that I'll probably continue doing uh, in my free time if I have you know free time and there's tournaments in town in Philly or whatnot. And I do think um, like it kind of got me thinking. Like, I think eventually college squash should create kind of like a squash TV version of um, like a, for college squash where they have a kind of a centralized website um, mm-hmm. to cover all the college squash matches with commentators. And you could kind of like, even during the regular season, you could kind of go to that website and you can watch.
0: Right. That's a regular brilliant
1: season. idea. Maybe uh, like not for every school, but for like the top eight schools or something like, um, and then, you know, it would cover like all the national championships and, um, I think that would be um, pretty cool um, and a great way to keep growing the college game.
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree. I think that's a brilliant idea. I think they should. You know, David yeah. should really uh, hop on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a word with you about that. <laughs> um yeah, probably have to raise some more money. <laughs> it's always the money. Um, what are your thoughts on nicknames for PSA players?
1: Um, I like the nicknames. I think sometimes... You know, they get a little. They can get a little. Uh, like some of the players don't have the best nicknames, I think. But there's
0: something that in mind, you right now. Mm, you thinking of?
1: I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I think overall they're they're good. They could they could be better, but yeah, they're I like the nickname Got thing. But I think the nicknames could be better,
0: better quality. Have, have you ever discussed part. what your nickname should be?
1: Oh, I actually haven't. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that definitely just has to come organically, you know? Yeah. Um,
0: never it force it upon.
1: But that's what I, th- like, I feel like sometimes they force it a bit. Um, I agree.
0: Yeah.
1: On Squash TV, I think they need to put a little more thought into it. And, <laughs> you know, not give someone yeah. a nickname if it's not really like a good nickname, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I am fully with you on that. Um, yeah. what, are you thinking of coaching post-career
1: or no? Um it's definitely something I would be interested in, um, whether it's like college coaching or kind of like opening my own academy. Um, even like working for us squash, I think would be awesome. Like something I would love to do. Yeah, like 20 years uh, from I, you
0: and Timmy grabbing the yeah. house. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we running the national team or something.
0: Uh, That'd be cool. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, mean, I would definitely like to stay in squash. I think, I mean, it's been such a part, like a huge part of my life from now. And I mean, right now I just couldn't see not, having squash as part of my life or you know, a big part of my life. I mean, that was one of the things that really urged me to go pro is that like when I graduated I just there was no world in which I could imagine where I would stop playing squash or squash would take like a back seat, you know, uh, in right. my life. So yeah. I was like, okay, I have to stick with it, you know. Um obviously if there comes a time when I'm like, you know, if you know, I lose interest in it, then, you know, things change, but for now, you know, I really love, uh, I love the game and I want yeah. to keep, keep um, involved in the game and I can definitely picture a future where I stay involved in the game, so.
0: I mean, it doesn't hurt to have that yell degree in the back of your pocket, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> just in case you want to venture into other things. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, but okay, moving on to most underrated player on tour.
1: Most underrated? Like, In like the top hundred or like the top, like any, just anyone?
0: Just, just anyone
1: that you think is. I'm trying to think who's underrated out there. I think like someone like, uh, someone like Nathan Lake. Wow. His name
0: has been mentioned before for this question. Because
1: he's, he's a really good player. And like recently I think he's like found really good form. Yeah. And I think he's really capable of making like some big upsets. Um, And, but I just don't feel like people talk about him much, you know? Um, yeah, no, I agree. He's like capable of making big upsets in tournaments. And, um, like he's done, he's done really well the last couple. So See, he's uh, so stationed
0: would, in the U S but not in the Spectre center.
1: He's actually out in Chicago because, uh, him and Haley Mendez are engaged, I think. And uh-huh. she's in, uh, business school out there at U Chicago. Oh, okay. So, I yeah, I, I actually don't know who his main training partners out there in Chicago. Um, but he seems to be doing just fine with whoever he's. Uh, <laughs> whatever
0: they uh, they're cooking, cooking over cooking there, there in Chicago, it's yeah, working.
1: Yeah, they're cooking up over there in Chicago. <laughs> it's working for
0: him. He's
1: yeah. Doing pretty well recently. Um, so yeah, I think he's pretty underrated on tour. And then moving, overrated. Moving, yeah, overrated. Overrated. Oh man, these are tough questions. <laughs> Overrated. Oh, Jesus, I hope none of these guys end up listening to this. No
0: one's know. gonna be listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I think right now it's like uh, Miguel Rodriguez.
0: Miguel Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah. He's he ranked, ranked right up
1: now? At, He's ranked up at like number eleven, but I just yeah. don't feel like he's really like. I feel like he just kind of gets good draws nowadays, and. Um, <laughs> but his level is not quite, like, at that ranking anymore. I think he's, like, more, like, in the 20s or so. He's still yeah. a good player. Don't get me wrong, but, like, I just feel like his ranking doesn't really reflect his level. Um, yeah, also,
0: the thing with him is you just never know what you're going to get out of each tournament. Like, yeah, he's
1: really unpredictable, for sure. Yeah. Um, I think he, obviously, he has, like, the speed still, but it seems like he just kind of, Plays like exhibition squash. Yeah, of the time. Like he can show up to a
0: platinum event and just yeah, be like, almost, "I'm here like, for a show."
1: Gail Monkey's character. Yeah, like, no,
0: that's a great comparison. He's, like,
1: he's more worried about like uh, entertaining the crowd than really <laughs> like getting to work and like getting to win. You know? <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm going to move on to some life related ones. Suspense, you're shipwrecked on an island, all your basics are covered. What are the two things you bring with you?
1: Oh man. Oh man, I, the, the boys out here at the uh, squash house—they just got the Oculus. <laughs> Bring the Oculus with me.
0: Well, can you expand on what the <laughs> Oculus is for the people?
1: Uh, the oculus is like a virtual reality, um, you know, virtual reality <laughs> device. So, I feel like that would give me the ability to experience, you know, reality from somewhere that's deserted. You know, a, yeah, uh, so that's, that's a great one. And then I would probably bring, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, something, like, good to eat, maybe. Like, I don't know, would I get, like, an unlimited supply of food? or
0: Yeah, basics are all there. yeah
1: the Basics are there. Okay, I don't know. I'm trying to think, well, like, I really use every day. Um, I don't know, man.
0: That's tough. I, I thought bring- you were going to say one of your sponsors, if some J-Price clothing to keep you warm. Oh,
1: shoot. That would <laughs> have been a good one. You're clever, Sean. I should have had brand. Maybe I'd bring Raya eyewear with me, <laughs> you know, to, to yeah, the some. New sponsor. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Best and worst purchase you've ever made.
1: Best purchase. I don't know. I don't buy many things to be honest. Oh really? i few possessions.
0: A few possessions. Just and, stick with um, the sponsorship sending you all the, all the gear.
1: Yeah. It's like, I try <laughs> to get people to send me things for free. <laughs> um, Best purchase. I'm trying to think, what do I even have in my room here? I don't have much here. Maybe I, uh, uh, probably just my my Nike shoes that I have here. They're monograms. Let's, let's
0: let's see them. Oh wow!
1: Monogram. Okay. Got the S W L. Wow. And the five fourteen for my birthday.
0: Customized.
1: Had That's these for, for had these for like a year now. <laughs> these are good, reliable shoes. Um, yeah. and my worst purchase of all time. Oh man! Oh,
0: Spencer, really uh, short of the frugal
1: lifestyle of a professional yeah. player. Out here. You just can't afford to buy many things if, <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> if you're just trying to make it on tour. <laughs> um, yeah, let me let me think here. Worst purchase. Um,
0: I mean, clearly, it seems like you got no worse purchases out here.
1: <laughs> I got nothing for this one, man. Am yeah, like, all right? no, it's all
0: it's all good. Um, I'm going to you know make it easier for you. A favorite alcohol tr- drink of choice for you? What's
1: drink of choice, to? probably gin, gin and tonic. Gin and me. tonic. Yeah, actually, Gosh. or a Guinness. Or a Guinness. A
0: Guinness. Oh, that's uh, a, one of the two. Yeah. I feel like that's a hit or miss for a lot of people. With the yeah, I, I, had a,
1: I had a couple of Guinnesses with my uh, good friend, Michael Craig, last weekend. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, Michael Craig. Yeah. Um, yeah, he came into town from, uh, he's coaching up in uh, New Jersey. Uh, oh, he's coaching now. Yeah, he's coaching in Princeton, yeah. Gotcha. He still has aspirations of playing the Pro Tour, I think. Um, Uh Oh. But right now he's just coaching at a small club in Princeton, yeah. Gotcha.
0: Um, And then last one is biggest pet peeve.
1: Biggest pet peeve probably got to be punctuality.
0: Oh, that's big for you. People
1: don't show up on time for things.
0: Is uh, is Timmy punctual? Punctual.
1: Timmy's very punctual, yeah. Timmy's very punctual. I'll tell you a story once. We were on a team USA junior trip and yeah. Adam Hamill, um, who's now our like, manager over at the center. He, um, he was coaching the U S junior team back then. And he pulled us aside. And, uh, when we all arrived, uh, at the hotel first day, and he was like, all right, guys, like, you know, this trip, like punctuality is really like one of my pet peeves. And like, I really need you all to be on time for everything, for our hits, for our breakfast, you know, meals, you need to be either early or on time for everything. Yeah. Next thing you know, next morning, we all go down for like team breakfast, and Hamill does not show. <laughs> so we go back upstairs and we go knocking on his hotel door, and he opens the door. It's like pitch black in in there. And he's clear, he like just woke up. Sorry, guys. Like I overslept. Like, and so now every time he's late or anything, I just go, Punk he's my pet peeve.
0: Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Way to just ruin your status as the, as the t- team leader there.
1: No, we love Adam. He takes really good care of us. So, yeah. And, uh, oh, that's yeah, funny. It's, he's left us with a lot of good memories from trips. trip. <laughs>
0: um, and I'm going to do, to wrap this up, some Instagram questions I got. I got some funny ones, but first um, one is, <laughs> it's pretty yeah, ridiculous. Do you think you could beat Gina Kennedy? Yeah, I beat Gina Kennedy for
1: sure. Yeah,
0: yeah I thought that was pretty ridiculous question. Uh, next question was, did you feel you were a successful junior player?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like I had a good junior career, for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, and then another question was, what was his time like at BGS? I, I, I guess that's the Barcelona Global mm-hmm. Academy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. BGS the Global squash. It was great. Gotcha. I love BGS, like I said before. It was like, you know, if um, I was considering, you know, trading there full time. Yeah. Um but I felt like after going there, I actually played some of my best squash um of the time.
0: Oh shit. Uh, okay.
1: Both times I went there after I came back. I played really well in tournaments and um felt really good. So shout out to BGS. They've got a great yeah. program. Um anyone looking to kind of like travel or like do like a kind of like year abroad or something, if you're looking to like take Spanish classes or something, I think BGS is a great option. Do you speak Spanish? I used to speak it better in high school and like <laughs> in college. I took some Spanish classes in college. And when I was there, I was okay. Um, but I've just totally lost it since then. Yeah. I haven't really like speaking at all. So <laughs> I'm definitely, uh, definitely uh, rusty. Yeah.
0: And then the final question is, where did he learn his table fixing skills?
1: My table fixing
0: skills. I think this is oh. one of your uh, housemates. Uh.
1: Yeah, we had a big, um, we had a big collapse um, of our kitchen table uh, oh, a couple no. weeks ago. We had too much uh, partying over there. Yeah, man, just too much, you know, too much pong, too, too much pong going on. Yeah, I, we were just having dinner and uh, with my roommates, James Flynn. Just leaned down on it, and the whole, like the table was like this, and it just from the middle just collapsed like that, yeah, straight down, and everything fell <laughs> off the table, and uh, we kind of pieced it back together. Um, we had like a screw, you know, like a a screwdriver huh. or a you know a drill and some screws, and we kind of just. Put it back together, and if any of the viewers want to see what the table looks like now, uh, you can hit me up, I'll send you uh, photos. It's
0: so funny, <laughs>
1: it's not look great, I have to say, but it's functional, it's functional. It's and that's, what,
0: that's all that matters. Um, exactly,
1: you know, you can eat yeah. dinner also, So, all
0: right, so I'm gonna wrap it up there, folks. Before we do wrap it up, I do want to mention to Spencer that Tarek Moment did beat Ferris Suzuki in the fifth game.
1: Wow, yeah, all right, just so that's his with- pick. Yeah, I've got to go with Tarek. That's uh, just it'll be in the open. So hope he comes through for me.
0: Yeah, but um just want to say thank you to Spence for coming on and doing the podcast with me. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man, no problem. Always a pleasure being on here with uh, with you at the Rally Report and looking forward to hearing more uh, juicy squash stories from you in the future. And, uh, you know, we'll be back soon.